Another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you live. Uh, Dece- oh, Jesus Christ. New Year's Eve, December 31st, the last edition of the year. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. Seth, good to hear your voice. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. Hope you have a great New Year's. Likewise, likewise. Pretty rough 48 hours for the boys in Orange. Indeed. Indeed. Pretty awful. Pretty uh, pretty terrible. What upset you more? Choking basketball. the basketball, basketball game away? Basketball. Yeah. Basketball. Yeah. basketball. Not, not even close. Not even close? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was mad as hell during that entire game yesterday because of the basketball game. The basketball game really made me ill. Basketball game really put me in an ill temper. What was it about the basketball game that made you so upset? Just that we are without it at the our, end or what? Yeah, we're without our two best players on the road against what I would have considered going into the season one of the two best teams. Obviously, I was wrong about Arkansas. I think everyone has been wrong. I think everyone pretty much was wrong about Arkansas. But I consider Alabama and Arkansas two best teams. We were on the road without our two best players, and we led basically wire to wire. We were the better team the like entire game. And at the end of each half, we just collapsed. I mean, like, we were up eight at the end of the first half and went into the break tied. And, like... I think we got all the way up by ten in the first half, I believe. Might have been ten. And my dad's sitting there. He's like, you know, that's a win. That's a win. I said, no, it's not. No, it's not. We were up We were up big, Dad, and we're tied. And, like, if we had just kept that lead, if we had just kept that lead, you know, we end up winning. And... We almost did the same thing against Arizona. We were able to go on that 8-0 run to end the half there against Arizona to keep that lead against Alabama. Like I said, I think it was 33-23. I want to say they went on a 10-0 run to end the half, but I might be wrong. It might be only have been 8. It but. might have been 10. You know, like the Arizona game, I felt like, you know, we you know we won that game in spite of our best player being absolutely horrible because our senior just took over the game at the end. But, like, I thought – Wednesday night that we played like <clears throat> thought we the team played pretty well like um I thought just as a whole everyone like contributed it was more of it wasn't just a one man show like it was against Arizona you know everyone was contributing and we basically led wire to wire until I mean what they hit that three Ken Ellis hit that three with like thirty seven seconds left or whatever to get to go ahead. I believe they hit the three with a minute left to go up, and then or they hit a bucket. They hit the might have been uh, Quinterly hit the little runner in the lane, really contested because then Cumbaugh hit the three to go back up one, and then Alabama hit another three to go up two with thirty seconds, okay. thirty seven okay. seconds left, like you said. Yeah. Okay. So Quinterly they they took the lead with like over a minute left, and then we retook the lead back. Okay. Cumbaugh with one of the most cold blooded shots. You'll ever see. I mean, that he barely moved the net. Uh, that, that maybe is the most pure three point shot we've seen since Chris Lofton, just on that stroke. Like the net barely moved, and we had strangely enough finally ran a perfect two for one. We just did it, I guess, a little too quickly, and Alabama came down and immediately hit another one. Yeah, I was pleased with how I was um, pretty pleased with how Kamwa played. Like we asked him to do things that we had never asked him to do before, mainly like hey, you have to score for us to win this game. And, like, yeah, he took some bad shots that I didn't like. Took 17 shots in general, which I did not really realize at the time. Six of 17, so not a great percentage. 
but 15 points, nine rebounds, some good rim protection as well. Yeah, my issues with his shots were not the threes. I actually like the trailing three that he shoots, even when he misses it. I like it. Yep. Uh, my shots were the, we'll call them mid-range jumpers falling away from the basket. I think you need to, you're pretty, he's a, he's a strong guy. Like, just go up, dude. Like, I don't, I don't want him falling away. It's one thing for Fulgerson to fall away because he's so bony. Like, I don't want Kamwa. Th- those were the shots I had an issue with, but I thought he, I was pleased with how he played. We asked, again, we asked him to do a lot, a lot. Um, and, but all of that being said, like, you play of your first five SEC games, three are on the road against top 20 opponents. You really, if you can just win one, you're sitting. You're in good shape. You just. This is the toughest stretch of the of, of the season. Just win one of those road games. Like then you come out of it at three and two, and the schedule gets significantly easier. You just got to win one. But if you could possibly win two, you are in the driver's seat for the SEC. And we had that game won. We were, I feel confident in saying, even without Chandler and Fulgerson, better than Alabama on Wednesday night. We were. We were the better basketball team. Well, they what, surprised me. What I was going to say is that I, I think you're wrong about. Arkansas. I also think you're wrong about Alabama. Like I don't think they're very good. Like I, they're they're fine. They're solid, but they're not anywhere close to the juggernaut we thought they'd be. Right? They're nowhere near the correct. Top 10 oh, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I agree with that. Like should have won that game on Wednesday. You know, last year they sucked basically until they played us in Knoxville. This year it's been different. They didn't suck at the beginning of the season because they would beat like top ten teams, but then they would turn around and just like. Or they have sucked some, but it, it's not been... Like, last year, they just flat-out sucked until SEC play started. This year, they kind of went back and forth. I don't really know. They're a weird team. They turn the ball over so much. And they're not a very good three-point shooting team, despite how many they shoot. No, they're not. Um, and you saw that in, on Wednesday. You know, they went 7 of 31. I feel like they got hot down the stretch, but they uh, they were not shooting well and still found a way to beat us. Yeah. I wouldn't discount them going down the stretch because what if they do get hot? Whereas Arkansas, it just seems like Arkansas kind of is just like at least you know Arkansas has no good wins, nothing. They have absolutely nothing. Um, they played one decent team. They played two decent teams in Oklahoma and Mississippi State. They have gotten like drilled in both of them. Um, Alabama at least has some good wins, but you know Tennessee had that game one, and Tennessee I think is better than LSU too. Now we have to go on the road for that game. But, like, Tennessee was going to get its one needed road win of these three out of the way without their two best players. Like, that was going to be such a statement win because still beating Alabama carries a lot of weight right now. We'll see how it looks at the end of the season. And it would have been a great pick-me-up to do it without Chandler and Fulkerson. Yeah, it would have been such a statement without those two. It would have been such a, like, hey, for the other guys on the team, for, like, Kamwa. I mean, just imagine the confidence boost for him. He went into a top 20 on the road, and he was the guy, and he won the damn game. You know, I mean, and we just we just collapsed, you know? Like, we just collapsed at the end of each half. We were. I feel confident that we were better than Alabama Wednesday night. I feel confident that if Chandler and Fulkerson were definitely better than Alabama. Like, not a doubt in my mind, I think Chandler would have had a field day against Alabama. The way they turned the ball over, the way he plays defense, Ziegler gave him fits. Um, but we just gagged. It reminded me a little bit of when we were the three seed with Grant and Admiral and them guys when they were sophomores, when Grant was a sophomore and we opened up on the road at Arkansas 
and we led that entire game and lost it in overtime. That's what it reminded me of after the, immediately after the game. That's what I thought of, and it's just like I remember how mad I was when we lost to Arkansas that day because it's so hard to win there, and we led the whole time and we gagged, and it was it's not as hard to win at Coleman as it is Bud Walton, but we were at, without our two best players, and we had the game won. We were better than Alabama, and we lost, and we have nothing to show for it. And you know, we I guess. We just take the committee at their word that they're going to take all this into account. Blah blah blah. I mean, it still doesn't. It's still not seen as a bad loss. Alabama's still a top twenty team. You know, if the committee counts that as a win, or the committee says, "Hey, this team is it legitimizes Tennessee," it's a good performance. Like you said, that's yet to be determined. I think Tennessee still going to be a top three, top four NCAA tournament team. I, I don't even know how much a win over Alabama would have moved you up in the grand scheme of things, just because, you know, I don't know how good that win would look at the end of the year. Cause I think, yeah, who be... knows? How... Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Who knows how it's going to look at the end of the year? Like right now, I think it's unfair and I just like Joe Lenardi, but like he bumped us down from a three to a four and it's just like, really dude, really like, you know, maybe Alabama doesn't end up as good as we think. I say that's probably right now a good assumption, but we have what we have and they beat Gonzaga in Houston when Houston had Sasser. And it's like, you know, we, we should be bumped down a seed line because of that. I, I bet he bumped Kentucky up to a three. He bumped Auburn up to a three, which is fair. I think there's still plenty of – I'm not worried about the seed lines just yet just because I think there's going to be yeah. so much more basketball in the SEC. A little surprised to see that that made you more angry. Of course, you live in Alabama. you got to deal with that, so it means more to you. But Well, it's just – it's I, I love – I found myself just being mad about Rick Barnes again, just – I'm not going to like belabor the point. If you follow me on Twitter, you've seen a couple tweets just about, you know, the Justin Powell, Victor Bailey stuff like that. That's a little frustrating. The, the lack of being able to drop a play with two minutes left, you know, when you, when you call a timeout, you need a bucket, you didn't get a shot really at all. And or when we drew one up and it worked out perfectly, but it was designed for Victor. Bailey. Yeah. I was going to say, then you drew a perfect play up and then, you know, again, it was going to be a pretty good two for one. And you drew it up for Victor Bailey, who is shooting, you know what, roughly 23% this year from three? I haven't looked. It's shitty. Uh, honest to goodness. Honest to goodness. Josiah James went one of eight the other night. I would rather him have shot the three. I think everyone agrees. Everyone agrees. Like, And Josiah James cannot hit anything right now. We've lost complete confidence in Victor Bailey. The, the fans have. I guess Rick Barnes and the team have not. But, yeah, he's shooting 23% from three this year. And we draw up a play for him. And he, yeah. as soon as it left his hand, you knew that wasn't even going to be close. Like, I like I just have extreme disdain for watching Yurosh play basketball. I, I, when we're running our offense and Yurosh gets the ball at, like, the elbow and he just stands there because he can't shoot, he can't do anything, he just looks to pass. Like, it just, it drives me crazy. Like, to his credit, like, Yurosh hit his foul shots, and drew a ton of damn fouls. The only thing Yurosh did bad the other night was he tried to go back up that one time. That was pretty much it. That was it. Like, I, you know, like, so, shockingly, the Yurosh stuff, at the end of the day, didn't drive me as crazy as the others. What, like, just drives me crazy is that, like, look, Tennessee has the best defense in the SEC. They have a top five defensive unit, blah, blah, blah. That's great. It's awesome. We make games really hard on our opponents and like against Alabama those first eight minutes before we got just absolutely dead exhausted from the lack of a timeout Alabama couldn't do anything but like we didn't have 
our two best players. Like, you need points, Rick. Like, everyone, everyone that watched that game knew that it eventually, eventually, as good as our defense is, Alabama's going to hit some threes. Lo and behold, they did. Like, you know, we needed points. And it's like, even if Powell's defense is... Like, Powell's defense, we're worse with it when it's on the floor. We needed points too badly, and I am not certain. I do, I do not believe for a second that, that Bailey's defense is that much better than, Pal, than Powell's defense. A couple and of things. Factor, I, I thought Powell was pretty active in the first half when he was in. I thought he got he a couple was, of He was. He was deflecting balls. Got it still. And as someone pointed out in the Discord, I believe it was Stare pointed out in the Discord, like, for a lot of that second half, you were running a, a zone defense. Like, if you don't think that this guy can stand in the zone and play defense, like, what are you really saying there? Anybody can play zone defense. That's the point of a zone defense. Yeah, and, like, the zone defense, I hate zone defenses, but I didn't even hate it the other night until we ran it at the end. And it was just like you were begging them to shoot a three. Like, I, I just, I, I didn't get why we went zone there at the very end of the game. Like, there are times when when you flash it every now and then, like we did the other night, especially when we're, when we're playing, like, without our trump cards, okay. Like, it, our defense worked the other night. But, like, at the end of the game like that, like, I just did not understand why you let Shackelford stay there in the corner. Like, especially, we weren't really having a problem manning them up. Like, yeah, Quinterly got to the rack some, okay? But, like, the, you know, guys are going to score points, you know, like you said, I thought the going to zone was pretty smart whenever we did it with like eight minutes left. Give them a different look. Yeah. But like you can't stay in it the rest of the game because teams are going to figure it out. And I mean, just the law of averages, you're going to eventually hit some threes. Especially if you're jacking up a bunch of threes, you're going to hit some threes. Yeah, like flashing it the other night, it seems smart. Like whoever does the defense, Schwartz, whoever, they've done a great job. Tennessee has an amazing defensive team. Um, We, like Jimmy Dykes kept saying the other night, how hard it was, you know, we had locked down the paint. We had done a great job. Like, yeah, Quinterly got to the rack some. Okay, but yeah, he's going to. You know, he's a, he's a veteran who's pretty good. Zachai Ziegler is a freshman. Like, it is what it is, you know. Um, I just, it's just disgusting to me because it was a, it's a quad one road win. Like, you have these three road games, and if you could just win one, like, if you sit here and lose all three, we're just, I'm just going to be sick thinking about it. Because we had one one, and this be honest, this is the second straight time where we have had Alabama beaten. We were up what eighteen in the SEC tournament? 14, 18? Kind of forgotten how big we were up. We were up like eighteen points, you know. I mean, like they couldn't stop Keon Johnson, and we lost that game. And you know, we were be- like at least that time Alabama was a better team overall. You know, we might have been better that day, but, like, now we're a better team than Alabama, and we were better Wednesday night, even without Chandler and Fulkerson. And now we've got to go to LSU in eight days or whatever. And it just, like, we can't he, – he hasn't been able to beat Will Wade. Like, I don't think LSU's really that good. They certainly haven't beaten anybody. We are better than LSU. We are better than Alabama. There's only two teams in the SEC that I'm not sure that we're better than right now, and that's Kentucky and Auburn. When you look at Rick Barnes versus the rest of the top of the conference, is it really just Kentucky that he can consistently beat? Because we don't play well against Auburn. We don't play well against Alabama. He hasn't beaten LSU. He beats Florida, and he beats Kentucky. Yeah. He beats Florida and Kentucky. 
we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. Like that was a frustrating game. It, it was surprising to me that I felt so frustrated about it because, you know, it felt like you were playing with house money. We kind of had a, a heads up that Fulkerson and Chandler were going to be out. I actually bet on Tennessee to lose. I, I took Alabama minus one, but I still found myself very angry just at the execution and then the explanations after the game. A real testament to uh, Tennessee basketball that it still found a way to piss you off in a game that was pretty much a house money game once Chandler and Fulkerson were out. Yeah, that's like – in that, it probably is like the cherry on top. It's like there is there was absolutely – absolutely zero reason for us to leave that game furious. I mean, a couple of years ago, we had a loaded team, and we showed up in the Tuscaloosa and lost by 30. Like, we scored 58 points, I think, and we had multiple NBA draft picks on that team. Grant, Admiral, Jordan Bone, Kyle Alexander, and we lost by 30 to them. Like, that would have been more palatable to me if Alabama just comes out there and just can't miss from three, then it would have been for us to basically be the better team for 38 minutes. I'd say for 36 minutes. Uh, everything except the last two minutes of the first half and then everything in the second half except from basically the six-minute mark to the two-minute mark. Like, we just so could not score we couldn't those score. four minutes. And, like, we needed Powell. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's like, man. You know, our offense, it is what it is because, like, something is wrong with Josiah James's wrist. Right? But, like, when he gets a three open, he has to take it because if he does not still shoot the ball, the opposing defense is just going to sag incredibly. Like, Especially if Fulkerson or Euros is also out there. So, like, it's like he has to keep shooting. So, like, it is what it is. Like, he's going to make you one or two a game and he's going to miss five or six. Like, I, it, you know... And you didn't have Kennedy and John. So it was like, why was Powell not out there for the instant offense that he delivers? Like, what did Powell do wrong the other night? He had a bad fast break. That's what Powell did wrong the other night. That's it. He had a bad fast break. Victor, Victor, I mean, he took awful mid-range jumpers, at least one that I remember that wasn't even close. He was not even close on threes after he made one. He had one three, and then he got that one rebound that he put up and got fouled when he was trying to shoot it from behind the backboard, basically. like Yes, and then Kamwa made an amazing pass to him, and he got a layup. Right. Yep. That was pretty much it. And, you know, we haven't really seen any time during Bailey's career here that he's been able to create his own shot. We've seen Powell be able to, like, hit a step-back jumper. We've been able to see yeah. him do, you know, kind of manufacture some offense. But, you know, we'll see how the rest of the season, at least, like, next week plays out because – uh, we assume Chandler and Fulkerson will be back for the Ole Miss game. Yeah, I mean, it was the best time to get COVID on one hand. I mean, like Will said, one game in 13 days. Yeah. Um, now, them two won't have to worry about it for the rest of the year. I presume, I would imagine, that once you have it, you don't have to get tested or anything for the rest of the year. That's how it is in like the NFL. So, I, I know there's usually like a three- or four-month grace period, so – maybe they could be like right at the end of March and have to worry about it. I don't know, but I, w I wouldn't think so. And then, you know, hopefully like Ziegler and Kamwa get a lot of confidence from, again, like I said, like I and I was pleased with Kamwa. Like, that, like we needed him badly and he finally stepped up in that game. I mean, that three was silky. He, uh, he took some shots that he didn't need to, but 
He also kind of had to because we didn't have any other creators. He had to. Yeah, exactly. On one hand, he had to because it was his team. I will say that I was proud of him for not shying away from the moment. Even if the shots weren't great, like he was willing to put up 17 shots. He kept shooting. And shot the last three with so much confidence and, like we said, barely moved the net. That was a a big step for him, I think, because in every other big game, he had just kind of – I won't say he disappeared against Arizona. We didn't need him to score. He played awesome defense, but he could. Like, he, every he, other he game, he has been against. like good on defense, and then only good on offense against like the mid majors, the bad mid majors. Yeah. So, you know that was um, that was a big step. Uh, you know, Vescovi I thought was really effective, like the first half, and then he kind of he he's always good for one dumbass foul a game. Still, it's like Santi, you are a junior now. And always, every single game, you make one foul where you just let your frustrations get the best of you. And he got that fourth foul. And he kind of disappeared in the second half. It's just like, it just comes down to, I mean, you hate to put it on one dude. Like, it just comes down to Victor Paisley, man. Like, And, like, I mean, like, Josiah James, he is the most feast or famine player I have ever seen in my life at UT Basketball. It's either amazing or it is absolute dog shit what he's doing. Needed him to step up big, and he did. He came up small. Like he, he deserves as much criticism as Bailey, in my opinion. And I love Josiah, so yeah, I, I do. Like Josiah is probably the easiest guy to root for on the team. He seems like an awesome guy. He seems to really love UT. Um, and it wasn't just the shooting that drove me crazy. Like there was a loose ball that he just like watched. And he didn't go and get it, and it's just like he was—he I mean, he was horrible. He was just terrible, and you really needed something out of him besides one field goal. But that's just what he's going to be this year, I think. I mean, I feel like at this point, it's safe to say that the wrist, or whatever it is, if it ain't the wrist, it's in the head. Whatever it is, it just doesn't seem like it's getting better. He's so much worse at shooting than he was. And if he was as good shooting this year as he was last year, we would win that game the other night. Let's switch gears to the bowl game. Yesterday, Tennessee uh, loses a controversial game to Purdue's B team in overtime. Do you have any strong feelings about this? Yeah, it was disgusting. I went. I was two rows from the very top of the stadium, right in the middle, uh, surrounded by a couple Purdue fans. It was a pretty miserable experience. It took four hours and 45 minutes. It wasn't very fun. And the ending, really the whole really the whole game after the first quarter, was uh, just a frustrating experience, I thought. Yes, I would say that that is a fair um, characterization of the game. I mean, everything about it, like uh, – Tennessee looked like we were primed to blow them out. And then we just didn't. And, like, I'm Hypo had some bad play calls. That's fine. Like, I, he's not going to be perfect. No play call is perfect. I thought that the main issue with the offense yesterday is um, Hooker was terrible. Hooker was absolutely horrible. The only and, player I feel good about on the whole team right now is Seth Tillman. Like that, like now, now that Velas is gone, like I thought he still had a good game. Hyatt at least showed some flashes. I'm not gonna blame him for falling down that jet sweep because the Titans field. I deal with it every Sunday, or at least the Sundays are at home. It's an awful field, and he maybe scores on that jet sweep if he didn't fall down. 
is that the the long the is that the long there was the long pass play that was that was just uh hooker missed him on that one there was the jet sweep that a little pop pass that hooker or that excuse me that um hyatt was probably getting ready to take like 70 yards and he fell down after like a six yard game as he was trying to cut up field yeah the weird thing was was that as bad as hooker was on the like we had guys running wide ass open the entire game down the field i mean just like and i'm not talking like obviously throwing at 70 yards in the air i'm talking throwing at 30 the throws that joe milton were missing and he was hitting earlier in the year yeah but like yesterday, I thought Hooker's passes across the middle of the field. Like he had some good ones; they were much better. But we didn't just kind of stick with that. Um, I mean, he, his two best throws of the fourth quarter, or at least two of his three best throws, the one to Hyatt was also a dime in the end zone, on the you know from the goal line. But I mean, was the he threw a strike to Tillman on fourth and goal from the thirteen on a little post, and he hit Fant across the middle and stride perfectly to set up the the second touchdown. Yeah, I like, I thought his throws across the middle of the field were so, like were really good. Some of them were really good, and it's hard for me to. I don't know. I've gone back and forth because, like, our guys were getting wide open nonstop, and Hooker has hit them all year. But it was just like he wasn't yesterday, and it was obvious pretty early that he wasn't. And we kept running it. And it's like, yeah, they're still open. And I understand why you're running it because they're so wide damn open. But he's not hitting them. Like, he hasn't hit them all day. Like, yeah, that last drive of the fourth quarter, like, yeah, Tillman was wide-ass open twice. And it should have been a holding, blah, blah, blah. But there was nothing to suggest that Hooker was going to hit him. I mean, maybe he would have hit the one where he where Tillman got held so bad. Because Tillman got held badly. I didn't see that live in the stadium. You saw on the replay, like you could see, like a little jersey pull. But people that were watching for home were much more upset about that than I was because, again, I didn't really see it at the game. Yeah, it, it was egregious. Um, and you know, maybe he hits that one. I don't know. There's nothing to suggest that he did. So, like that was, like that's my kind of issue. It's like, yeah, like in a vacuum, I guess. Like you really did call great plays because we were so wide open nonstop, and this quarterback that has executed all year didn't. But on the other hand, like, he wasn't hitting them yesterday, Josh. It's just fact of the matter. Well, that's why I can't call him great play, Seth, because if you're if you're setting up a wide-open three and you're running beautiful designs and you have Euro shooting threes in the corner, you could say, wow, look at the design, and you're getting a wide-open three every time. But you got a guy who's not hitting the shots, that, like, he shouldn't be taking those shots. Like, And like you said, I mean, Hooker, even on the deep ball to Tillman on the first touchdown, like that was Tillman underthrown. Had to slow down. Yeah, that Tillman was underthrown. He, he, he just... overcorrected. He had. He, it's like Hooker overcorrected himself big time because the first one to Velas or Peyton was so overthrown because that first one was a touchdown. I mean, there were touchdowns all over the field, nonstop. It was. It was Joe Milton against Pittsburgh all over again. I mean, for yeah, a lot and of like the, game. the thing is, the thing is, is that like those guys across the middle of the field were were open too. Like, yeah, Hooker made some nice throws across the middle of the field, some really nice throws, but those guys were open. We, we could do that all day, too. And we did it. I don't have much of a problem with the play calling. I don't either. I don't either. I would say, like, again, I, I, I put it under situational awareness. If it's second and two and you need another seven or eight yards, you can't be throwing two deep balls and then having a quarterback scramble. Like, you have to, you have to do something different there. Like, even with three timeouts on second and two – Maybe try to pop a run, or maybe one deep shot, then try to run on third down. Like, unless they just had absolute zero confidence and McGrath being able to hit from anything outside forty, it's inexcusable in my opinion. And then 
in overtime, you get first and goal from what? The two? Was it the two you had first and goal from whenever Hooker took that sack to knock you back to the ten? Yeah, that was that was inexcusable by Hooker. And then, like, by the way, you tried two runs to get it back to the two, which makes me think, huh, maybe if you run four straight times from the two, you just score a touchdown. Yeah. It was very frustrating, just the situational awareness, I thought. And the execution. Like, I'm not blaming it all on Hypel because, again, like, the, the, the passes were there, and if he hits the passes like he had for most of the year, then Tennessee probably wins that game by seven. Yeah, Hypel looks like a genius. My, like, the second thing that drove me crazy about the offense is that I just don't ever think Jabari Small is going to be able to stay healthy. And that's why I said that I only feel good about Tillman, because Small looks good, but he just is never there when you need him, man. And it's like, you know, I'm not saying Jabari Small is Walter Payton. I'm not saying he's an NFL back. But I'm saying that, like, he can play. He can play. And the drop-off between him and Wright, to me, yesterday, was precipitous. Like, it was big time. I thought that when Small was running the ball compared to when Wright was running the ball, was there was a huge difference, and I didn't ever feel good about Jalen Wright carrying the ball. I thought he hit, I thought he just didn't hit the hole fast at all. I thought he just, he just hesitated. He would just hesitate. He's a third string running back for a reason. And where it was like with Small, like, okay, Small's not, burning past you he's not gonna run over you non-stop but like okay he gets it and he goes and the offensive line coach and the offense they can create holes they've done it all damn year and like small at least just attacks the hole and gets what he ought to get sometimes he even gets more but i just we really needed him in that overtime and he is always hurt and i just doesn't feel like he's ever not going to be hurt and like, that really sucks. Like, that to me was just a huge, that was a huge issue because if you have small, do we even try to throw it that one down where we, where we lose seven yards? If we have small, does does he get in before Wright does? Like, small is just better than Jalen Wright. But again, I, I like the play calling, I didn't have a huge issue with it. I have more of an issue in terms of personnel with Hooker. Small can't stay healthy, and we have to find a right tackle immediately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to find a right tackle. You would think that would be somewhere in the transfer portal that you could grab somebody. You know, somebody that could come in there and start. It can't be Jeremiah Crawford, ain't it? Jeremiah Crawford, ain't it? You know, he he had a you know he he was better during the ball practice than he was all year. Well, it still ain't good enough. It still ain't good enough, and that is the issue. The other four linemen are the other four linemen. They might not be NFL players, but I like them and they're good. Carvin is good. Wright had a really good year. Spragans will be good, and Mays is a good center. It's the right tackle. I mean, the right tackle lost to the Ole Miss game, I felt like. The right tackle was terrible yesterday. They have to find a right tackle. I will say, like, going back to your point about the play calling, like, if you said that the reason, you know, right not being in the game, excuse me, if you said that small not being in the game was the reason that you didn't run the ball Maybe, on first and goal. No, I, I, know, yeah. I know, but if that is the case, then you can't give him the ball on fourth and one. If you don't trust him to run four straight times from the two, you can't give it to him on fourth and one from under center. That's what. That's what. No thing I was going to say was that like I know, like I remember when doing shotgun on the goal line used to make me redneck mad, and I still, I still sympathize with that train of thought, and I get why it makes people so mad. I didn't really like the first time us going under center the entire year that I can remember at the goal line to be fourth and goal in overtime of your bowl game. To Jalen Wright, like, 
Again, Jalen Wright did not hit the hole very hard, I did not think. And Princeton somebody Fant on the right had no effort trying to block. Princeton Fant got just blown up, and Jalen Wright just doesn't hit the hole hard. I, in that situation, in that situation, with this team, I would have just gone for, from shotgun. I know that it makes people mad to go from shotgun. I understand why. But, like, when you haven't done it all year, it's like people get mad when, like, people kneel from the shotgun. You see that sometimes. And it's like, why? You go from shotgun every play. Just it's, It doesn't bother me as much anymore. It's not as huge a deal to me as it used to be when teams go from shotgun and have to get a yard or two. If you're going to go from center there, just sneak the ball. Like, that's what, if you're going to run that package, then just sneak it. That why are you wasting time running backwards to hand it to Jalen Wright? Of course, everyone in the country pretty much coming to the defense of Tennessee saying they got screwed on an early whistle on Jalen Wright's touchdown that was, you know, deemed Ford Progress stopped. Wasn't even an early whistle. Yeah, I guess you're right. Not even an early whistle. The whistle whistle is irrelevant is the phrase that we got out of that. In the stadium, it looked like... uh, a touchdown, but whenever the ref said he was reviewing it, you kind of knew that, like, hey, the Ford Progress, if that's the call. That's what I thought the whole time. I was like, I've never seen them review Ford Progress. So I was actually surprised they even went and reviewed it. And then you have the who, – who was that guy? Is he a rules official? Who is he that was – He is the – he is NBC's uh, Matt Austin. He is NBC's Matt Austin or Gene Scaratore, whatever Gene – the guy that does it for CBS, Sarah, the Italian, so, does, so he does it for NBC's he's, he's Sunday NBC, night games he does or just for, college? Does he do it just for Sunday Notre night Dame football? Okay. He does it for Notre Dame and Sunday night football. He he basically tweeted out that like, yeah, they just do that to peace fans. They don't really review anything because you can't with four. Yeah. Progress. So Tom Hart said that. Tom Hart said that. Tom Hart said that sometimes they review per, for perception, which one I had never heard of, and two blows my damn mind because that makes it worse. And secondly, you're the official. You don't like you're the official, dude. Like, why are you doing stuff for perception? Like, you made the call, stick by it. Um, to me, it looks worse to say you're doing it for perception because anyone who actually watches the replay would have to say, yeah, no, that's a touchdown. I would much rather be told as a fan, like, sorry, as a technicality, we can't review it. I would rather that just be the rule and them not try to, like, trick us. I remember being a kid wanting to get a haircut, and my dad put me in the chair to get my haircut. And then the guy just had really long guard on and just had the, the buzz in my ear. And I could tell he wasn't cutting my hair. And I had a meltdown because they all tried to fool me. They all tried to lie to me. I was four years old. I lost my confidence in everybody. I was crying and screaming, telling I hated everybody. I would much rather have just been told, no, you can't get a haircut. The fact they, they, they insulted my intelligence, thinking I would be too stupid. I want to say I was like maybe even five or six. Too stupid to realize that they weren't actually cutting my hair. I lost a lot of respect. I told everyone I hated them. I feel the same way about being lied to about a review. Just say, like, hey, it's unreviewable. Yeah. So, yeah, it was Tom Hart that said the thing about the perception. And I agree with BJ. The The most absurd thing about this NBC guy, the most absolutely comical and absurd thing, was he had the nerve to get on his cell phone and tweet out that what should have been called is a penalty on Princeton fans. I wanted to leap through my high-definition LCD screen and throttle him. That's what he said should have been called. Is Princeton fans should have been flagged 
for pulling Jalen Wright in. After it's like that that to me made me so angry. It made me angrier. It made me incandescent. Like it it put the fact that he said whistles are irrelevant on the back burner. Which how are whistles irrelevant? So the guy just decides in his mind that Ford Pregas has been stopped, so we're good? He's not going to blow his whistle? Whistles were clearly irrelevant whenever you saw how late some of those pass interference calls were. Oh, yeah. The, 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 yeah, they were way too late. And some of them were very ticky-tack, which would made the whole Cedric Tillman thing getting held even worse. But whistles are irrelevant? Since when? Since when are whistles irrelevant? How, explain that one to me, John. That's the first time I've heard that. So is it just it, the whistle doesn't matter, and what the referee says in his head is what matters? Of course, it's the fu- it's even funnier when you realize that like the whistle never came against Ole Miss on the Byron Young touchdown or Tyler, Tyler Young touchdown, excuse me, Tyler Barron touchdown. Uh, whistle never came, and they just kind of got back together and said, "Yeah, never mind. Whistles irrelevant here too. We actually blew it dead in our minds. We decided Ford Progress was stopped. Happened to Tennessee twice." Just blew it dead in their mind. Like, like, just think about that statement in totality. The whistle did not matter. The referee decided that the play was over in his head. And so that's that. I, I, like, you know, you said you didn't think it was going to be, you didn't even think it was going to be reviewed at all because it was, because they said it was for progress. I knew that it was not going to be overturned when they're having the review and Hypel and the referee are getting into it. And that guy's explaining the play call to Hypel while it's being reviewed. And it's just like, wait, if this is being reviewed, why are we sitting here justifying the call? Like we're reviewing it. Like that's when I knew that like we were about to get boned because they were sitting there telling Hypel what the call was while it's being reviewed. So, you know, supposedly that's when I knew Tennessee was just going to get, was going to get screwed. I mean, it's just, it is, it was a joke. And there is no way, like, you can, we are, we can say both things, like, hey, we did some things very poorly, uh, coaching and the players executing yesterday. And that was a, just a screw job by the referees. I mean, Wright's forward progress was never stopped. His knees never went down and the whistle was never blown. So it should have been a touchdown by every conceivable metric. I mean, this whistles are a relevant thing. Nobody's ever heard that. That's laughable to anybody that's ever played sports. Nobody has ever heard that. And these guys that are paid by these corporations to be the rules expert, they never are actually experts on rules. All they do is carry water for officials. Nobody is more, nobody is worse about, at it than Matt Austin. All Matt Austin does is carry water for officials on ESPN broadcasts. Every single person that is a rules expert on a major network should be in prison. And if a president was to run on that platform to put Matt Austin in prison, to put this NBC dude with his fake teeth in prison, I would vote for him. It doesn't even matter if he was a communist. I would vote for him. Because all they do is carry water. They're cuckolds who carry water. If the whistle had blown, I wouldn't have even had that much of a problem with it. Because I do think Jalen Wright had kind of got bottled up. Like, I think he should have reached the ball out sooner. 
Yeah, that's the thing. If he if it had if the whistle had him had been blown, it would have made sense. Like everyone watching that play would have been like, okay, well, you can see why the whistle was blown and Ford Progress was declared. I, I I thought they had him balled up. His legs like weren't really moving. But like if the whistle doesn't blow and he's still trying and then reaches the ball out, it should be a touchdown, one hundred percent. And then you can't say the line about the whistles being irrelevant. Again, like I thought they had him stopped. I thought he should reach the ball out sooner, but. You, you play until the whistle, and like he, he kept fighting, and he stayed up. And it wasn't like Purdue quit trying because they thought the play was over. They were still trying to tackle him, right? It wasn't one of those situations where he's in a pile, and then like you, you let up. Yeah. That was just bullshit. It was just bullshit. I mean, it's, it's, like, like it's, it's like Tennessee should have won that game about two hours, three hours, maybe even before that play, when they were up 21-7. to and Purdue opted for the field goal. That's what I was telling the knucklehead, the one big Purdue fan. Like he, he was standing up the whole entire game. There were two of them. They just stood up the whole entire game and was rooting their asses off. And whenever they kicked a field goal, I was like, "That's it, twenty-one to ten. You can't kick field goals." And then they just kept shaping away with field goals. And in the second quarter, we couldn't score at all because apparently, I don't know what the hell the deal is with our offense, but like it just goes in these huge funks. And you know, we let Purdue hang around. Then we get the terrible turnover. Before the end of the first half, and next thing you know, you look up and we're losing. Before we yeah, get to patron I mean, questions, go ahead. I, I get, like I said, when when Jeff Brom almost called him, almost called him Bobby Petrino for some reason. When Jeff Brom kicked that field goal at twenty one ten, the game should have been over. I think it would have been over if Hooker just makes passes that he made all year long, or if we run the ball a couple times. Or if we – that was another thing. I didn't think they could stop us. And I understand, like, Small's not healthy or whatever. I, they could not stop Jabari Small. He was doing whatever he wanted. And so, like I said, I don't really hold much of the play calling against Heupel. Like, it should have been, like you said, more situ, situation aware. But Hooker just sucked ass. I mean, there's just no getting around it. He was he was horrible. I mean, some of those throws were not even close. I mean, how many times did he miss Tillman for a touchdown? The one pass on fourth and nine, he had, you know, Hyatt wide open, breaking free in the end zone. He threw it eight yards to the right. So he missed, he missed yeah, he missed Hyatt for touchdowns twice. He missed Tillman for touchdowns three or four times. He missed Velas Payton at the beginning of the game. I mean, he was terrible. Like, I forgot about that Hyatt play in the end zone. Hyatt was so open. It was strange, like, with Hypo, like, I got mad whenever we come out to punt on fourth and one in the first quarter from the 34 in a bowl game. Like, what are we doing? Well, he was going to go for it, and that's, I was like, yes, he's going for it. And then it was like, no, he decided to punt because of the, the hurt player or whatever. But to me, that makes me play. think, like, the same thing that happened against Ole Miss. And to me, it's like he knows that, like, unless they're going fast, this offense isn't very good. That's why I've like leaned on the side of this being a gimmick because unless we're going really fast, this offense is not getting rhythm and it cannot really do much. The weird thing was like the first drive coming out of the second half when we scored, like that drive was like methodical. Like we didn't take shots down the field. We didn't go extreme hurry up. Like we just, we ran the ball and we did like 10 yard passes and we scored in like eight plays. I mean, like it was a long drive by our standards. But it was like it, everything was under control. It was methodical for for you for this UT team, and it was just like, like just do that. Like I understand that we can go deep every time and be open, but he can't hit them. Like just just slow down a little bit and hand the ball off and just throw unders to Velas and 
Tillman and like is you're gonna be able to do whatever you want and we were on that drive. Like I we didn't run the ball enough though, I agree. Like it was very frustrating it, it, to have the ball in the fourth quarter up one and still snapping the ball with thirty two seconds and th- twenty eight seconds on the on the play clock pretty much every play. Yeah, that that needs to like it's one thing to go fast. I don't mind it, whatever. I like our offense. He it like the offense by every metric was a success this year. Like it is what it is. But like there has to be something like where you can burn the clock some, dude. Like I don't think that the offense is like wholly dependent on going super, super fast the whole time. Because I don't think teams can stop Cedric Tillman. I don't think they could have stopped Jabari Small last night. Like Well they stopped him for a while, Seth. Yeah. I mean and it was just like on like it, but on the other hand, it's like we were so open, and he just – Hooker just flat-out sucked ass. Like it's, it, just, it's tough to be mad when you score 45 points, but when you look at it on 18 possessions, it leaves a lot to be desired. And I'm not nitpicking here, but I think it's funny because I agreed that we went a little slower out of the half. It was seven plays, 71 yards, and two minutes and 15 seconds. So we still didn't even really go that much slower. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, I know that the first drive was in, like, 45 seconds. Like, the sec, that, that touchdown after halftime felt like it took an eternity. Right. And comparatively speaking, yeah, like, 44 seconds on the first touchdown, uh, 27 seconds on the second touchdown, eight plays, 80 yards, 214 on the third touchdown. So, like, there were a couple that uh, were lightning quick, a couple drives that felt long. A two-minute drive feels long, though, in this offense. Before we get to Patriot questions, which we're running out of time, uh, the, the podcast – would like an official statement on uh, you and uh, Warren Burrell. Where do you stand right now? Well, he sucked yesterday. He sucked yesterday. I mean, I never said he was Champ Bailey. Okay, just wanted to, people just wanted to stay. I, I was, I'm still right. Like he should have been starting over Kenny George last year. I don't really understand what happened. Because for like the first eight games of this season, nobody picked on any of our cornerbacks at all. They picked on our safeties, mainly Jalen McCullough, who, by the way, he was extremely awful yesterday too. And the tight end touchdown was, he just walked that dude into the end zone. He tried to strip him with the most pitiful strip attempt, punch attempt I've ever seen. Two people did. I want to say Beasley did that too on the sideline. Like both of them just had two terrible strip attempts. First of all, it took Jalen McCullough a safety forever to catch up with their tight end. He finally catches up, and that punch attempt was just horrible. On the first Rucker, on the first touchdown that Rucker gave up, was that McCullough's fault? Like, did McCullough jump on something and then that left Rucker without help? I don't know. McCullough he just was got burnt. Like he just got burnt. I didn't know. I didn't know. I was just looked up and saw the guy running. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. He was wide open. I don't know what happened, but he was just burnt. I don't know. Like, Burrell was was good this year. The Kentucky game, he struggled. And then the USA game, they started picking on him in the USA game with that really good wide receiver they had. And then he was all, he was terrible last year. Uh, small brains that are like Skylar Crouch. Hey, 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 hey. They can say he was terrible all year. He wasn't. I never said he was Champ Bailey. And even like Jake Tidwell said yesterday, the last three or four games, Burrell struggled, and I agree with that wholeheartedly, obviously. USA really picked on him. Kentucky, he dropped that interception against Kentucky. That was just horrible. And he dropped one yesterday that was terrible. But, I mean, I still I was right about Warren Burrell. I mean, that's that's fine. He was better than Kenny George. That was the whole point. 
All right, the, the, the Warren Burrell thing started because Kenny George kept getting torched, and we were like, Warren Burrell started the, his first four games as a true freshman, and Pruitt never played him again. Why don't we give him another shot? But Pruitt just kept playing Kenneth George the Fourth or whatever his name is, and that was the whole point. Is he better than Kenny George? Like, I never said it was Champ Bailey. I never said it was Champ Bailey. I was right about Cedric Tillman. I think you went more with, like, Daryl Rivas because you were calling it Burrell Island, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, it's called a joke. Oh, okay, okay. I never thought he was, like, an NFL cornerback. Oh, okay, just checking. I never thought he was, like, as good as Dennis Rogan was yeah, for yeah, UT okay. in 2009. Just checking. There's many people are asking. Many people are asking your thoughts. They wanted an official well, statement. Well, he sucked yesterday. Okay, just checking. I don't shy away from. I felt bad I don't for shy him. That's got to be a lonely feeling, knowing that like you're gonna get they're go, they're coming after you when it's one on one, and you're not gonna make the play. It's like that Anthony Brown guy from the Cowboys. Yeah, against the Raiders on Thanksgiving in the most watched game of the year, and they just kept going after him every time. It's like Anthony Brown is rated way higher on PFF than Trayvon Diggs, way higher as a cornerback than Trayvon Diggs on Pro Football Focus, and all anyone knows about either is that Trayvon Diggs gets a ton of interceptions and Anthony Brown is a pass interference machine. That's all any, That's all anybody knows about either of them, even though Anthony Brown, like, statistically is better. That's what Warren Burrell reminded me of yesterday. Some of them were late. Some of them were terrible. Multiple people had terrible calls called on them. Um, just, some of them, the Purdue guy was given as much as Warren Burrell was given. Like, it was just a full, several of them, especially in the second half, were, like, there was no P.I. It was just football plays. But, damn, they were throwing them. They were throwing a lot of flags on UT. Some of them were bad, like Carvin's hold. Banks did some dumb shit, if I recall correctly. But yeah, Burrell sucked yesterday. Let's grab a couple that. quick patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. I think, we, uh, I think we're full. We're doing a uh, basketball league together. That'll be fun. We're going to get our ass kicked, maybe, most likely. But we'll fellowship. In uh, one of the rec leagues here in Knoxville. So if you're playing and you see our, our name, take it easy on us. Let's get to a couple new patrons. New $5 patron, Cam Kirkland. Shout out to Brother Cameron. Thank you for joining the Discord. We love you and appreciate you. And new $2 patron, Luke Snyder. Shout out to Brother Lucas. We love you and appreciate you. Let's grab a couple of questions. we got a couple minutes here. Uh, Brother Curtis, Curtle the Turtle, a.k.a. Cortez. Who's going to the Super Bowl this year? And how will Green Bay choke in the NFC title game? Seth, I'll let you pick. Who is going to the Super Bowl this year? Uh, I don't know. I want to say that, that with Green Bay getting the one seed, they'll handle it because nobody knows how to play in Lambeau better than Rodgers, but they lost last year. That was a COVID year, though. It wasn't a full Lambeau field. But it feels like the Packers are better this year to me. Their defense is like, sliding a little bit. Yeah. It feels like overall the Packers are better this year than last year. So I will go with the Packers. And I guess I will go with the Chiefs and AFC. Uh, I'm really looking our, forward to Sunday's Chiefs-Bengals games. Yeah, I, I almost said something about I could see like the Bengals getting hot and making the Super Bowl. But I don't really think that either. But I could... I mean, Burrow's good. I do I, I do think Joe Burrow's one of those guys that's going to play better when the lights are brightest. I do think he's a winner. I do think he's one of those guys. I, yeah. I'd be surprised I, if he didn't really ball out against the against the Chiefs this weekend. At home, division championship on the line. 
Burrow's pretty cold. Yeah, he's pretty cold blooded. He's got some good, got some good weapons, obviously. So Seth's going chalk, one seed, one seed as of right yeah, now. Yeah, I get. It. I know that's boring, but I don't, I don't really know who else. The it's hard to pick the Bucks right now. I think the NFC is wide open. Like if, if it sounds crazy, but like over the last month, the leading rusher in the NFL, Seth, do you want to guess who it is? Devontae Foreman. Sonny Michelle for the Rams. So like if if he keeps running the ball and that defense keeps playing well, like the Rams were my pick out of the NFC before the year. I just don't know if I can trust Stafford. You know what I mean? But like Cooper Cup and Odell, that's gonna be pretty tough to stop. If the run People game have been talking going. about Stafford and how good Stafford's been, but like I still don't feel like he's been as good as like people hoped he would be. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Anything else? Um Will Seth publicly recant support of one more umbrella? No, Jackie, I will not because I'm not an idiot. I don't act like a redneck like you do during games. I don't get mad and throw tantrums like you do in the game threads. You just start. You're not you the just law start, dog anymore. You just start muting everybody that disagrees. I, I mute. I mute who people ask me to. I mute who people ask me to. They ask me to mute Curtis. I mute Curtis. They ask me. They ask me to mute Skylar Crouch. Okay, little Crouchy. I mute him. They ask me to mute Duck. I mute Duck. It just. I am the arm of the people. Brother Dylan asks, what are the ex- expectations for next year? You two believe that we should expect 4-0 to start the season. Well, I mean, what does expect mean? Like, do I expect that we'll actually do it? No. Do I think it's fair to say that we need to be shooting for that and it's a realistic goal and, like, a good coach would do it? Yes. That's what I was going to say. To me, there's two ways to expect. One is, like, looking just at the roster and the rosters of those first four teams. And the second is looking at those rosters with the head coach. I do not expect us to go 4-0. I think we should be 4-0. But I do not expect us to. It's not even as much about... Like, yeah, there's Florida. Like, no, I don't expect to be Florida. Like, But does a really good coach, does a really yes, good coach yes. beat Florida in year two at home, beat a first-year head coach that's, you know, going to have a lot of attrition from his roster that didn't put together the best recruiting class that, you know, went six and seven this year? Like, should you be, win that game at home when you're going to have a sellout crowd? Yes, I think everyone would agree with that. You know, to me, the other thing that I worry about is, like, you know, Pitt, like, Caden Slovis has never really been good since he was a freshman. Jackson Dart was better than Keaton Slovis this year. That's why Slovis transferred and Dart didn't. But, like, Slovis has shown before that he can be really, really good. I mean, it was two years ago when everyone said he would be the top quarterback taken in this class because he was really, really good as a freshman. But, again, he hasn't been good the last two years. And, you know, does he get it back? I don't know, probably not, but they also had they also returned the Bolitnikoff Award winner. Is I don't know enough about that guy to know if he's actually really good or if it was mainly just Pickett. But like I mean, I don't think Pitt is like a automatic W either. So I think that Tennessee should start four and yes. There's been a lot of times in my life Tennessee should have beaten Florida and they've only done it one time. So I do not believe they'll start four and but I do think it's fair to expect Tennessee. Like that should be your goal. Now again, do we all saying it should happen and saying it will happen to me are two different things. 
Yes, I agree. For the overall season, I mean, is it just going to be eight wins? Eight wins going to be what we're striving for? Eight regular season wins? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. If they were to start 4-0... Well, you just said they're not. Yeah, I don't believe they will. But if they do, then, I mean, 8-4 and four is obviously a huge disappointment. Would you lock in 8-4 and four right now? Tennessee's had three eight-win seasons since, since 2007, counting the bowl season. Which is fucking pitiful. No, because even though Tennessee has been scrounging around in the dirt, in the mud, like cavemen for the last 15 years, I am not a Philistine, and I do not shoot for the dirt. I do not even shoot for the tops of trees. I shoot for the stars. Like Pitbull so no. said. So no, I'm not locking in 8-4. and four. <sighs> Man. Man, man, man. Disappointing end of the season. I don't really care about bowl games usually, but like just some of exactly. the situational stuff. It's like it's a lot like I said about Rick Barnes. It felt like a no lose situation. Like if you would have told me all of Purdue's guys played, I wouldn't even have really cared about losing to them. But it's the way that you lost to their their B team and the way you couldn't like again to me just do some smart things. Yeah, it's like all the goodwill, not all of it, okay? And this is obviously like recency bias or whatever you want to call it because we're just 20 or not even 24 hours out from that game. But like everyone, literally everyone across the board on the, like when you grade the regular season would have given Tim Banks an A. And it was just like, what the hell, dude? Like you were able to stop people all year and then yesterday, like... Did Alante Taylor matter that much? You know, and like, the thing, like, you know, we talked about how many touchdowns Hooker missed. How many interceptions did we drop, dude? Like, that O'Connell threw some dimes in the second half. He was begging to be intercepted. Brother yesterday. Jeremy Banks had a chance to win the game. You know, like, we dropped so many interceptions. And... You know, Banks, it just, just hit him in the hands. Trayvon Flowers had a pick. Uh, had dropped a pick that he had in the first quarter. I mean, like, like what the hell happened bank to Tim Banks? Like, what the hell, dude? Like, everyone thought you did such a great job. And then, like, I never, I don't normally put a lot of stock into bowl games because they don't carry over, really, to August. But it just, like, leaves such a bad taste in your mouth about everything. Because, the like, every... Body was bad, except Cedric Tillman and Jabari Small. And Jabari Small can't stay healthy. So, it was like, I just wish we wouldn't even have played. Honestly, I just wish Tennessee would not even have played that game. I wish Purdue had canceled because of COVID. Because it just, like, disappoints you and just, like, depresses the, 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 the just depresses the air. Because it was, it was just nasty. It was just a sloppy, slop fest. Pigs in the mud, just four hour and forty five minute game. Groveling around with like archaic tools, kind of stuff. While Alabama's about here, and like Alabama's about to like do space flight here in here in an hour and a half, here in thirty minutes. Seth, uh, we'll end it here. 
you have any thoughts on uh, Betty White, who just died at the age of 99? Um, rest in peace, Betty. I know it's like some people like have like a weird, like weird and strange and quite frankly, unbecoming, like, um, attraction to her and like, um, you're not gonna speak ill of the dead just just i'm not i'm not not speaking of the dead like i I hope she was a good lady i don't really know anything about her but i hope she's she i hope she's in heaven well seth i'll end it here by telling you thank you for being a friend likewise john i love you and i hope you have a great uh new year my friend i love you too. say my best to your family i will see ya nice Bitches bad as the fuck and I'm talking that shit but I'm backing it up Niggas be talking that shit if you reach for my neck then I'm blessing them up My bitch is bad as the fuck and she tatted as fuck and she ratchet as fuck We get the blue strips to digits, I swear to God we just be adding it up Yeah, yeah my cheese got blue strips, yeah And the AK got a grip, yeah Shoot a pussy nigga in the hip Shoot a Michael Bubba Clyde dip Phil came with the four fills New believe block on tilt I hate how the stupid bitch built Smoking on cookies up bubble. Little bit no, you in trouble. Make the money back then double. Fuck on the bitch, so muscle. You know I ball like Russell. Chopper make you do to keep yourself. I'ma let it burn like us. My bitch is bad as the fuck, and I'm talking that shit, but I'm backing it up. Niggas be talking that shit. If you reach for my neck, then I'm blessing them up. My bitch is bad as the fuck, and she tatted as fuck, and she ratchet as fuck. We get the blue strips, the digits. I swear to God, we just be adding it up. Bitch, I'ma slide on the hoe in a minute. Beat up the bitch, you ain't me, how we different. He cook up the shit in the bricks in the kitchen. Ain't shit to pull up to come see how we living. Start at your tub, put a price on your head. Boys in the hood, put them dice in your hand. Fuck all the life for the price of a band. I'm expensive and shit, I take flight on demand. Bitch, I'm a hustle, I need me a shoebox. I can't have one and be done, I need two thots. Thought he bought one, but he said he bought two glocks. Plus, if you tripping, he did, he got two shots. Beam on your shit, they gon' aim, he got two dots. Watch on my left and my right, I got two clocks. Stay out the way, don't pull up when it's too hot. Say he got pressure, then what you gon' do about it? Talk your milk and don't talk out your neck. We don't pull up on no how to conflict. Took that boy out cause he told all this shit. And how it ain't no beat, but how ain't no respect, bitch. My bitch is bad as the fuck and I'm talking that shit, but I'm backing it up. Niggas be talking that shit. If you reach for my neck, then I'm blessing them up. My bitch is bad as the fuck and she tatted as fuck and she ratchet as fuck. We get the blue strips to digits. I swear to God, we just be adding it up. My pussy called Dean Pink. Diamonds on me singing like NSYNC. Diamonds on me looking like an ice rink. Been a millionaire, fuck what y'all think. Had to get in this bitch, yeah, we my dick. Y'all trick on bitches, not me. Being Reed, Bun, B, Pimp, C. Play with a real nigga, you will see. I'm a top dog, nigga, TDE. My bitch pussy wetter than the sea. I can't take it out, she be killing me. Get a pussy, all my ability. Smoking backwoods till infinity. Let the chopper sing like a symphony. Might take 10 bits to Tennessee. All these rappers really little mini-me's, uh.